You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. I'm Brandon Pillar, joined by Laleem's Martian at Laleem's Martian, merely a conduit of the streets. And here we are again, another loss covered by me and you, Martian, as the Ottawa Senators lose 7-4 to the Colorado Avalanche at home. And this game kind of shades of the last Colorado Avalanche game where the Ottawa Senators lose 6-4, mixed in with the Calgary Flames game where the Ottawa Senators were up by one goal heading into the third period and then allow four unanswered goals in the third period to ultimately lose this game. And this was not a pretty sight because this was a game, despite being outmatched by a much better Colorado Avalanche team, the Ottawa Senators, I thought, had a chance to win this game or at least be a lot closer than how it ended up here at 7-4, Martian. What, what did you think about this ultimate third period collapse by the sense? Oh, Pilsy, it was just brutal, man. It was brutal to watch. It's like, uh, you know, they have a great, uh, you know, they have a great opportunity going to that third period. You know, yep. they've got, I don't even know this guy's name, Anunin, An- Anunin? And they got like it's it's his first game of the season. He's their third string goalie. We've got Colorado coming in on a back to back. They had a you know took them a while for Colorado to get their legs under them tonight. Um, They didn't really take full advantage of that. Although I did think Ottawa had a pretty good first period and and the second period wasn't bad either. You know even though Colorado did have a goal disallowed in that period, Um, but then you know you're you're up one heading into the third period and you just aren't able to come out with the win or not even just come out with the win, Pilsy, but even just keep it close. Like Colorado just all of a sudden took over the game. And I I mean, I feel, I just feel bad for all the fans who were in the building tonight because when you're watching that game, I'm sure they were, you know, people were having a good time. Things were looking good. And then the clock strikes around nine o'clock at night and the third period is rolling around. And next thing you know, um, you're looking at a seven, seven to four loss and it's just ugly. Yeah, and it didn't need to be ugly. Like, uh, the stats for this game lean towards the Ottawa Senators, uh, except for when you look at the scoreboard. And this isn't, uh, as the stats pulled up here, like the Ottawa Senators outshoot them. Special teams doesn't decide this game. Both teams go one for three. Kind of uh, average uh, special teams there. The Senators dominate in the face-off dot. They dominate in the Corsi numbers, like this is a game that really the Ottawa Senators had in their control and they let it slip away. And I don't know, call it being a a delusional Sens fan, but Martian, I actually thought when the Ottawa Senators challenged that goal for offside and it gets called no goal to keep it at 4-2 kind of midway through the second period, I actually was crazy enough to think, you know what? Maybe they can hold on to this. And (laughs) the Colorado Avalanche, they pull it within one goal pretty quickly. And then Martian, like you tweeted out, essentially it ends up being five unanswered goals that put this one to bed for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put it all entirely on Mad Sogard on this one, but I mean, that was not his best performance at all. I mean, it was 
I mean, pretty much a terrible goaltending performance from Matt Sogard tonight. You know, at eight one eight. I thought he started eight, off well, though, Mark. Yeah, and he, he did make one, well, he made but... one really good timely save in in the second period when it was four to three. It was going to be four four on on Johnny Drouin with a nice cross crease pass, and he uses his big body to get across, and that was a that was a great save. That was the like his highlight of the night, I would say, but. I mean, other than that, I mean, like, I'm mad. So you got to, you got to, you got to, you know, how, how are you, how are you getting beat high so often? You're six foot seven. It's like, just stop the puck. We just needed a couple saves there and it would have been a different story. But I mean, I, I don't want to give the great Dane too hard of a time. I know he's a goalie, it's goalie friendly show. And yes. he is, uh, and he, you know, he's a friend of the show and we, we do love Matt Sogard, but, um, and again, it's not entirely on him. I think there was a few breakdowns and, and you know, just puck management and things like that in this game that, that ended up costing the team. But um, it would have been nice to see him have a better game than that. Yeah, a couple soft ones, admittedly. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to uh, go against that. There's a couple soft goals there, and you were hoping that Mad Sogard would provide a spark that Anton Forsberg and Jonas Korpisal have not been able to provide, especially Martian, now that Mad's guy, Justin Peters, the Belleville goalie coach, has been brought up. So he's even got his guy here, unfortunately. First night doesn't go his way. But, I mean, again, it's the Colorado Avalanche. Like, I, I don't know about you, Martian, but I don't think Korpisal would have fared much better in this situation. Uh, Adam, thank you. He's saying, watching Giroux try harder each game and the look of frustration and defeat is killing me. It is hard to see Drew go through this. He puts in the effort while the rest half-ass it. I would say that's mostly true, Adam. Thank you for the comment. But one guy that's not half-assing it out there is Ridley Gregg. I mean, this guy continues to play at a high level. He's been elevated in this lineup to play with Claude Giroux and Brady Kachuk. That line was incredible tonight. So... Yeah, I agree, Giroux, one of the guys that consistently is giving his best effort, but we'd be remiss not to give Ridley Gregg his flowers, too, as he had two nice goals tonight. Yeah, and the first one was classic Ridley Gregg. It was hilarious, the way he crashed the net, and the puck was just sitting on the goal line. He just puts yeah. his – he goes in there face first, which it's, it's awesome to see um, from him. And the vibes were so high, Pilsy, when, you know, Ridley Gregg scoring two goals, that's pretty cool, right? Like, yep. he's still a young player. It's it's nice to see him going in his rookie season. And um, does his first multi-goal multi game. Um, yep. You would hope that the, you know, the team could rally behind that and try to secure the win. And especially, too, with, with Sogard being the young goal he is, get him a win here, too. It's his first start of the year. And, man, but it was just like, it was, I don't even, I, I'm honestly out of answers for the whole deal. It's like, I don't know why they just can't win. It, I mean, it's it's just a lack of execution. The Jacques Martin quote you just threw up there is is kind of tells it all, or lack of commitment and execution um, from the team. So I don't know what that means for anyone out there, but um, it's just not, it's just not perfect. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, Martian, because the amount of times we've kind of had this or at least I've brought up the storyline of the Sens needing to take advantage of an opportune situation. They mentioned it on the broadcast. This is a Colorado Avalanche team that played last night. Some of their top dogs, like McKinnon, or I think it was Rantanen and McCarr, played upwards of 29 minutes last night. Yeah. And you're not able to jump on a team that relies on those big guys to have big nights. Now, um, McKinnon did not have a goal in this one, which was a refreshing sight after he had four goals in the last game. But 
Rantanen was up to his usual stuff with two goals, and then Kale McCarr has an assist as well. So ultimately, those guys don't really decide the game as much as they typically do. But I just thought, Martian, you got a Colorado Avalanche team that's very top-heavy, second half of back-to-back, playing their third-string goalie, and you have the lead going into the third period, and you let it slip away like this. Like, how, how much of a kind of morale killer is this coming off of a game? Sure, mind you, it's the San Jose Sharks. You have to preface it like that. But that was a big emotional win, getting the game-winning goal late. You try to ride that momentum. You're you're rested much more than the Avalanche are, and you just let it fall apart like this. Like, the guys in the locker room got to be... I don't even. I don't know how they're going to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess this is old hat for them. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing this all year, so it's it's nothing new. It's it's not a good feeling. I'm sure. I'm sure they're going in there and they're all probably pissed off and grumpy. And we know how much this team this team likes each other and and how much they probably want to win all together. But who knows if they're really going to get that opportunity the way this season's going and and you know the ultimately the inevitable changes that are going to come from you know the evaluation process that's going on right now in the front office and you know they're new to this team and they're looking at these guys and they're saying is this the core that's going to be able to get it done i'm looking at it i'm like probably not man because uh the way they're playing probably not it's yeah famous daniel offerson quote probably not um but like i mean there are still young but I, i mean how much patience can you really have for this group when they continue to show a lack of of commitment and execution well and that's just the thing martian like the this is a game where it's kind of like brady kachuk said in the intermission of the calgary game and going into the third period we have a chance to show our maturity here they had a chance to say okay we're up against a good team we got a lead going into the third they had the lead for that entire game going into the third the avalanche never had the lead here the sends were were buzzing and Again, the maturity just doesn't help here as the deserved winometer. Again, not really sure how that works, but uh, apparently it says it sends at a 75% chance. Math guy, that's over 100% uh, 75 plus 25.1. So I'm not sure how accurate the deserved winometer is, but it, the eye test matches that. Like this was, was a game that I wouldn't say the Colorado won this game. As much as I would say the call, uh, sorry, the Ottawa Senators lost this one. Yeah, I, I wish we could just point to like one or two things that it's are hard to big. find the one in this game. Yeah, there isn't one, or just even like like one player, or like I mean, goaltending has been horrible. Sure, that's one thing. Defensive coverage has been horrible. Awesome. The power play has been garbage. That's another thing. Some of the top guys have gone through terrible droughts this season. Like. It's just all like it's all over the place. There's a there's a, a variety of negativity that you can look at and 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 say like it's just like it's just a it's a whole mess gone wrong. Uh, and <laughs> I'm as optimistic as they come when it comes to being a Sens fan, to be honest with you. And and right now, I just like I'm finding a I'm finding it very difficult to to look at any positives that are coming from this um, because you know especially when you know. Or us have to come on here and break this game down and the poor people have to listen to us try to explain what's going on. Nobody has any answers for it. So including, I don't think, the organization themselves. So it's 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 not good. Yeah, and Marsha, we're not even halfway through this season. Like oh. we got a long way to go here, and the Ottawa Senators continue to slip out of contention. And this was a game where again, like Martian, if they would have taken this to overtime or shootout and got the one point. I would have been 
disappointed that they weren't able to get the win, but at least they're they're building something in their end. And you know, you've got something to hold on to here. If I'm looking at this game, other than performances from that top line of Brady, Ridley, and Claude Giroux, there's not really much to hold on to to move forward momentum wise uh, to your game up against Montreal. Yeah, I mean, like the I mean, the first two periods is probably the only thing you can look at and be like, oh, it was it was you know it was it was good. Like if the game ended after two, it was like, oh, it was fine. But yeah. that third period could like suck the entire life out of everybody in that building and everyone watching the game and everyone on the team and uh, like the whole like that whole third period, it couldn't have gone any worse. To be honest with you, I don't think like there's there's nothing that I can look at and be like ah. It, it could be worse. Honestly, it was it was as bad as you could imagine. It was four unanswered goals in the third, five unanswered total there. I mean, the Sens were up four to two and they lose seven to four. That's a that's a debacle. And it's embarrassing. It's it's it makes it embarrassing to be a, a, a in a way, it makes it embarrassing even further to be a Sens fan at this point, right? Like it's tough. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like a pretty bold, like a hard statement. But I mean like I, I have people quote tweeting a tweet of mine from at the beginning of the season where I'm like, oh no, the rebuild is over, or yeah. like, you know, like uh, the Sens are going to be good, and the other fan bases can't handle it. I think I tweeted something like that, and I've got like has fans who were watching this game going and, and quote tweeting it with like <laughs> laughing laughing emojis, and I'm just like, I can't even engage. You got with nothing. Yeah, winning that battle. But yeah, it's just uh, eh. ah. yeah. We have something similar. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ross tweeted out after the Sens beat the Capitals, what, 6-1 or whatever that was yeah. at the start of the season. The Ottawa Senators are going to be a problem for the rest of the league. I believe that was yeah. the tweet. And uh, that one, unfortunately, is not really going our way here. And we might have to hold off on that kind of tweet. Um, yeah, yeah, there it is, October 18th. 45 quote tweets, and I bet about 30 of them have come in the last. <laughs> and look uh, at the bookmarks, Martian. Yeah, yeah, you know those are Habs, Leafs, and Red Wings fans. So that's oh. tough as uh, people listening in their car the next day on October eighteenth. Locked on Senators at Sun Central on Twitter tweeted: "The Ottawa Senators are about to be a problem for the entire NHL." Well, not so much. No, they're just going to be a problem for themselves. It's, it's probably. Oh man, I'm really excited to do our Sun Central standups tonight. Yes, and Mark, oh, Hansel's excited also to do the Sen Central standouts. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Martian, a little little tease is we will probably have the same Sen Central standouts that I think we. Oh no, it, there there'll be one different, but it seems to be the same characters that are appearing as our Sen Central standouts here, and we'll get to those after a quick message from our friends over at the Glebe Central Pub, the GCP. You guys already know every single postcast is presented by our friends over at the Glebe Central Pub. It is in the heart of the Glebe. You can check them out at 779 Bank Street. The Glebe Central Pub has so much fun stuff going on. They got trivia night. They got speed dating. They got they're covering soccer. PWHL is right around the corner now. So if you want to check out a game there, you got to head to the GCP before and after the game. And if you want to go to the Glebe Central Pub before and after a game, do it for the Sens game. They got the Sens shuttle. Go to GlebeCentralPub.com and you can find all the dates. They're doing the shuttle. Seventeen dollars gets you a round trip. 
to the game from the pub. And then once the game's over, they meet, you get back on the school bus, go back to the Glebe Central pub to vibe or to vent. So check it out today, guys, at 779 Bank Street. It's the Glebe Central pub. The vibes are free at the GCP. This episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the official ticketing app of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we love Game Time because you don't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for not just sports. You can get music, comedy, and theater with last-minute Deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You get the lowest price guarantee, even event cancellation protection, and more. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, boom, tickets on your phone. They make it easy for you to stop worrying about the stress and get hyped for your night out and the game time guarantee means you always get the best price in fact if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less game time is going to go ahead and credit you 110 percent of the difference so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account use code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 20 bucks off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed all right everyone we're here with the locked on senators podcast the postcast after a 7-4 loss at the hands of the colorado avalanche at home i'm brandon pillar joined by lulim's martian if you heard me say the score you knew it was just martian and i we were always stuck covering these losses somehow some way uh swanky pants one of our favorite postcast characters plus side Kubalik made two moves with the puck on the stick, bringing his total time with puck on the stick to 2.7 seconds for the season. That might even be generous, Swanky Pants. Mr. Pants. Venting uh, and appreciating your work, boys. Many thanks. No, Mr. Pants. Thank you. He had, Yeah, he actually had one play where he carried it from his own blue line almost all the way to the other team's net. So that was that was a bit of a, a record for Kubalik to have the puck on the stick. I almost didn't recognize him, to be honest, because we're used to him just firing it away as soon as he gets it. Um, but yeah, jokes aside, didn't notice Kubelik. I haven't noticed Kubelik in like three or four games. So <laughs> he's an invisible man. He's like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets with the invisibility cloak on out there. I don't know. Nice. Uh, I, got I like the Harry Potter reference, Martian. Um, yeah, the, the Kubelik not doing a whole lot out, out here. Probably one of the guys that's going to be shipped out here as the Ottawa Senators are looking more and more like sellers at the trade deadline and as they remain in the cellar, the basement cellar of the league standings, not like Martian. We're not even looking at division standings anymore. We're not even looking at conference standings anymore. We are in the basement of the league standings. Don't give our producer any ideas because I do not want to see the tankathon come rolling up here. Um, and we're not spinning tonight. We don't have time for that. Okay. On the you, you heard it from Martian. We are not spinning. We are not in the mood. Uh, what I am, what I am in the mood for, though, Martian, is look. When losing efforts like this pile up, there are some players that say can say, "Hey, I had my guy," and uh, that is where we have our Sen Central standout presented by the Glebe Central Pub. Martian, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I, I honestly think there is only two players 
that yeah. could be available for Sen Central standout. And yeah, A saying Laleem is not submissive to the spins. He'll get there. We'll wear him down. If I can be worn down for the spins on the postcast, so can Mr. Martian here. But uh, yeah, do you want to go first in the standouts no, or you want to snap it to me? Either I'll go way, first I'm good. In the standout, sure. And I, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty obvious here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Mad Sogard, man. I think Matt, just kidding. I'm just joking. I don't think you've ever picked a goalie as your standout once. Yeah, sure I have. hates sure, goalies. Sure, hates I have. Goalies. I, I, no, someone's going to fact check that. I definitely have before. But yeah, I'm going, I'm going Ridley Gregg. I mean, he had two goals. First multi-goal game of his career. He played a solid 18-0 tonight. He's taking uh, he's taking advantage of the opportunity of being on the first line with Kachuk and Giroux. I think, obviously, he loves playing with Giroux. Those are two very intense players that he's with. He's an intense player himself. It's a great fit. Um, and, yeah, I think, I mean, he's been he, – he's definitely not the problem. I mean, he was a plus one again tonight, and he leads the team in plus minus, right? So – um, what is he now? Plus 16 or plus 19? I can't remember, but either way, he's he's our uh, seemingly our most responsible defensive forward, and he's a rookie. So uh, Ridley Gregg, uh, considering everything that went wrong tonight, uh, he had a nice night. Um, yeah, and he was 60% in the dot too. So Ridley Gregg had a had a nice little night here tonight. Um, and he, I just love the way he's always in the mix too. He, he took oh, his yeah. classic minor tonight, cross checking, right, and like. He's always just if there's something happening in front of the net, he's he's always pissing guys off. And I've said this before, but he kind of like, I think he's still under the radar amongst the veterans in the league, and like nobody yep. really get like knows that he's such a, a menace. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I now, uh, I I agree with you, really, Greg. Definitely a Sen Central standout. Um. Maybe we can have a little discussion here, Martian, and we don't have to expand too much on this, but I'd like to at least kind of open this door, seeing as Shane Pinto is having practice. He's at the games. We saw him at the games. Five days away from Pinto. Yep, we're close to Shane Pinto returning. So my question to you is, assuming Josh Norris comes back into the lineup, now you've got Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris, Ridley Gregg, Mark Castellic, Rourke Chartier, you got all these guys as centermen. Who, yeah, who do you take out of the lineup and or move to the wing? Because the way Ridley Gregg is playing, like I think before this little stretch, we could have said, oh, you just move Ridley Gregg to left wing, have Pinto play third line center, move Gregg to the left wing there. But there is not a chance in hell that I am breaking up this top line of Brady Kachuk, Ridley Gregg, and Claude Drew. Martian, I'll let you hop in here after I mention this stat. They dominated tonight. They had an 82.35 Corsi 4 percentage. That's unheard of. Corsi 4, 28. Corsi against 6. So that's talking about all shot attempts. Uh, so, like, clearly you can see that these, these three, when they're together, are dominating. So... How would you kind of approach this when Pinto comes back to the lineup? And people in the chat, let let us know what you would do as well. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I definitely haven't put enough thought into this to give you a really like strong answer. But just like you asking me and me just going instinctually, what am I thinking on this? I think once Josh Norris returns, I mean, none of those top guys that we're mentioning here, Stutzla, Pinto, Greg, um, are, are going to be on the fourth line. So we're not going to nope. do that. Definitely not. Um, you know, Rourke Chartier is probably still going to be the fourth line center. So yeah. one of those guys, one of those top four guys needs to move to a wing. And right now I'm looking at Ridley Gregg and it's, I can't really say, and I agree with you, we're not going to break that line up. 
Pinto's a natural centerman. He's a big body. He's perfect to play center. Um, and so for me right now, and Stutzla as well, like there's no point in putting Stutzla back to the wing. He was, he yep. was, he's more effective as a center. We've seen that. So that leaves Josh Norris as the guy who is, is probably on the outside of the middle looking in, right? He, he's a shooter anyways. Um, and, and this season we've seen it, his, his, uh, I guess intensity in the corners and his ability to battle has been a little softer than we've seen in years past. I know like he's always been kind of known as pretty defensively responsible as a centerman, but you can still do that on the wing too. And, and I think, I think it's worth a try trying to move Josh Norris to the wing um, maybe where he can, he can get open a little more for that, that shooting rather than being in the middle of the ice. Um, Cause we know he gets a lot of his work done from that side on the power play when it comes to goal scoring anyways. So uh, it might work. So I think, I think you move Norris Norris to the wing and you, you play him with either Stutzla or Pinto and, and there you have it. Yeah, Marshall. I don't, seen, I don't hate the idea. It's the, it's the first time I've ever talked about it, but in theory, it's probably the best thing to do. Well, it seems like the chat agrees with you, and I, I kind of when you start working it down and kind of process of elimination, I do agree. I think Norris makes the most sense to move to the wing, especially this is a guy that he's got the shoulder injury, so if he's taking less draws, I don't mind that, even though that hasn't been an issue this year. I'm not, I'm not about to say that's been an issue, but just in general. And then this is a guy that he's got such a good shot. So if you can have him less worried about kind of a two-way game and just have him get ready to use that shot, I don't mind it. Now, I don't know. People in the chat can can let us know if they have an answer, but I can't think of a time Josh Norris has played the wing really at all. So that would be something new for him, which is concerning. But then also you're looking at a guy that you're paying first and or second line center money and now you're shifting him to the wing as default just because Shane Pinto a guy who's going to probably sign for a qualifying offer is back into the lineup that's not a good sign for the I future think, I, you know what we might be overthinking it Billsy I think the most likely scenario is that they do keep Norris at center and then and then I mean Ridley Gregg should you know as the rookie or whatever you How know do you break the just, lineup though I, I mean I, I think you just do. I, I don't know. Everyone kind of slots back down, get back to the regular lineup. But uh, I, it's so hard to put thought into that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I and 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 that's why I preface it. I don't want to fully kind of open this uh, Pandora's box here. I just wanted to kind of take a peek and see what people thought, see what you thought. So um, it's an interesting discussion that we will certainly get into more in depth in episodes of the Locked On Centers podcast. Now, you took Ridley Gregg as your Sense Central standout presented by the Glebe Central Pub. I'm going to go with this line mate, Claude Drew. Three assists tonight and three primary assists, let me add. I thought Claude had a nice night, as people in the chat were mentioning. This is a guy that shows his passion. He plays hard. And finishing as a plus one in a 7-4 loss, as the rest of that top line did, I thought that was a good effort. Now, he does take two penalties, which is kind of, I feel like is rare for Claude Giroux, but he gets four shots. And this guy is just such a legend when it comes to faceoffs. Like 10 for 12 in the faceoff dot. He goes seven for eight in the offensive zone. Like it's so comforting for me seeing Claude Giroux taking that draw on the power play so that it's almost an automatic that they get puck possession when he's taking the draw for the power play. So you love to see that. So Claude Giroux. My sense central standout. 
Yeah, and and the only other possibility there could have been Brady Kachuk, who also had three assists tonight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Claude Giroux, he's just – last three games specifically, since the third period of, of the game – who were they playing? Jeez, I'm already blanking. But it was two games ago. The end of the game, he had those two goals, and, and then he carried it over to the, the last game. And then tonight he looked great again tonight. So, uh, yeah, Claude Giroux, great choice there. Pills, kind of a no-brainer, but I'll give you credit. Nice nice choice. I mean, we don't have options other than to go with the low-hanging fruit and the no-brainers, Martian, as uh, 7-4 loss. This team, not a lot to be positive about. And, excuse me, uh, we're going to see what the coach has to say. Mr. Jacques Martin, as we've made it a post-cast tradition to listen as a group to what interim head coach Jacques Martin has to say. So, producer Ross. Hit it. And, it's, and it's worth noting here that it looks like uh, Jacques is wearing his uh, Stanley Cup ring. <laughs> Love Jacques, to see it. Two different games here from your team tonight, first half, second half. Yeah, I thought the first 40 minutes, I thought we battled hard and uh, we did a lot of good things, you know, like we got four goals and that should be enough to win a hockey game, you know, I think uh, – was that Pete for for forty minutes? I thought we, we you know we had pretty good. We made a couple of mistakes that cost us goal, but I thought we competed hard for forty. Why is this the narrative that continues to repeat itself? Like you get a lead and then you give it up in the third. Well, I think um, you know I think uh, we just got to need better effort from some people. We got to need more uh, uh, determination. Like I, I look at the fourth goal. I mean, it's a lack of determination and lack of commitment. And uh, to me, when you're ahead and you're protecting the lead, you need to have some urgency in your game. An ideal game for you guys might be a one nothing, 2-1 to one win, something where you're producing a both end, on the defensive end of the ice. How far away from, are you guys from being able to play that kind of a game? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I don't think I have the answer. I think, you know, I, the key is to keep learning and keep getting better. And, uh, you know, you, you have no choice. And uh, I think we'll uh, we'll keep working at it and uh, point out the, the areas that we need to be better and try to make the changes that we need to make. Does this team just struggle the minute, or maybe not minute, but as soon as they face some adversity, right? They tie it 4-4. It's almost as if you tense up or something. Does this team maybe benefit mental training or are they mentally immature at this stage yeah no i i think it's a it's a good point uh, i definitely think yeah definitely i think part of it is mental uh you know you, you've got to build some uh some resistance you got to build some uh mechanism that you know like uh, when you face adversity brings the best out of you instead of folding you know how, how would you rate your uh, your young netminder's performance tonight? Kind of in you know his, his first NHL season. Not good, Ian. This year. Yeah. Okay. I think he played some last year. Yeah. 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 Okay. I it's hard to evaluate. You know. I think like we didn't give him the protection that uh, that he needed. I think uh, you know one area I think that gets us in trouble too is I think we back in the zone too much. Our defense. You know, like we've worked a couple of days in practice at our gap, but. We got to we got to stand up. We got to force. You can't let players walk in into the slot area and then take a shot. I think you know we got to force the op opponents to to make a play earlier, like at the blue line. When you say that there's some players whose lack of effort is is happening. Do you do you address those players personally, or do you let them you know try to figure it out themselves? 
No, I think I'll definitely address it. I think, you know, like that's why we have those, you know, those game review where we, we discuss the areas that they need to be better uh, as individual and as players, as a team. As individuals and as players, as a team, this team needs to be better. I mean, that is pretty much dead on. And I mean, Jacques's got to be tired of. Jacques is hilarious at this stage right now. <laughs> he's got nothing to lose. <laughs> I feel like he's a guy who's got one foot out the door retired and he's just like happy to be here. And like, you know, he's, he's very casual. He's very relaxed. I don't know. It's funny. But that's the thing. Like, it, it, it's not like he's worried about his resume or or losing his job or anything like that. Like, this is just – he's just doing this here. And oh, gravy head coaching time. Yeah, he, he can see the issues with this team and the consistent issues with this team. And it, it's obvious. Like, it, it keeps happening to the Ottawa Senators. It just feels like there's no real – emphasis or drive to to stop losing it it just keeps on rolling on loss after loss as this team cannot find a way to either hold a lead or come back in a game and unfortunately you kind of saw he didn't have a whole lot to say about Mad Sogard performance unfortunately goaltending hasn't been good for this team it's the old saying show me a good goalie and i'll show you a good coach or maybe it's the other way around show me yeah show me a good coach and i'll show you a good goalie um that's it so that's tough here for the ottawa senators as it's it's another game where martian the over on FanDuel was six and a half the colorado avalanche hit the overall by themselves here and that's (laughs) kind of been a recurring theme for the ottawa senators yeah, for sure it has been. If you take the under on a Sens game, I mean you're you're kind of a fool. It's probably only happened a hand. It's probably only happened. Doesn't happen hand. often. That was like a handful of times this year. Definitely under ten, I would have to guess. But I mean, yeah, man, like they allow a lot of goals. Sure, they score a decent amount themselves, but they allow a lot of goals. That's that's pretty much the main issue, and a lot of goals that are just so easily prevented by other NHL teams seemingly around the league too, right? It's like. Just defensive breakdowns, inability to break it, break it out of your own end, and 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 the defensive coverage just not being there, and then boom, it's in the back of your net. Bad goaltending, all that combined, it just ends up being uh, a recipe for for a lot of goals. Yep, it is unfortunate. And as the Colorado Avalanche saw the Montreal Canadiens last night, that will be the Ottawa Senators' next opponent as Thursday, January 18th. The Montreal Canadiens are coming to the CTC. That's an opportunity for the Ottawa Senators to kind of bounce back here as uh, they they go. uh, Oh, we have the stat here. The under of six and a half has hit 13 of 39 games. So you're close. Not that often. That's for sure. And the Ottawa Senators are hoping they're the over under the total is not the biggest concern of next game. They're hoping they can get a boost and beat the Habs at home in front of Ottawa Senators fans as Unfortunately, we all know when the Leafs or Habs come to town, they tend to take over. So it's nice when you can send those fans home packing, not happy, and beating the traffic. Yeah, that's the thing about playing the Habs and the Leafs too, right? Those, like, those are ones I consider real rivalry games. Yes. And, and 
everything else that has happened in the season doesn't matter anymore when you're in a game against those teams. Like the Leafs could be at the top of the league and they could be playing the Sens. I mean, even these last five years when the Sens have been a basement team, right? The Sens seem to come out of pretty decently in, in half those games at least. So um, Thursday night will sh- still be a very entertaining game, I'm sure. Um I'm just I'm so not confident in this group to win a hockey game. It's 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 like betting on them to win is almost near it's almost impossible to do at this point unless you really just don't like money. Um but yeah, like I mean it'll be a fun game. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Hopefully we can break down another another a win this time, I should say, instead of another I was going to say another loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, well, I mean I'm not here for that one actually. I'm I'm I've opted out. I I'm unavailable for for the Thursday nighter um this week. But all right, everybody let it well. be known. No, it's not going to be a me and you breakdown. I, so at least I was just going to say adjust your fan duel bets accordingly knowing it will not be a Pillsy and Martian postcast. Yeah. So there is hope for the Ottawa Senators in their next game Thursday night up against the Montreal Canadiens. This has been another edition of the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Shout out to all 247 people in the chat. Ottawa Senators fans are the best. The team may be absolute dumpster fire. They may lose all the time, but the fans are best in class. So for myself, Brandon Piller, for Liam's Martian, this has been another edition of the postcast. The Ottawa Senators lose 7-4 to the Colorado Avalanche, but the postcast we vent or revive we were venting today thanks for everyone for joining us and you know you can catch another episode of the locked on senators podcast tomorrow gonna be a later record so look for it in the evening and check it out on wherever you get your podcast apple spotify google play and of course on youtube thank you all for joining this edition of the postcast and check out the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day.